Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Married with a Business. My name's Craig along with Allison. And Allison and I are married. We've been married for 13, 14 years. 14. We've had this problem every time. We, we got married on a Thursday. We got married on a Thursday. We just remember that. It was a long time ago. Well, it was 14 years ago. Um, Allison and I, not only are we married and have uh, been together longer than 14 years, nearly 20 years, um, but we also uh, own a business together. And so a lot of the topics we're going to talk about uh, throughout this podcast are about how we operate both at work and at home and those things that might overlap between them or those things that might cause strife between them sometimes. Um, so that's a lot of what we're going to talk about. This week, Allison, we're focused mainly on communication, both communication with us at home and personally and communication at work. Yeah, so the last few weeks, our dynamic, our work-life dynamic has been a little up in the air, and we've been working a lot from home with our two boys, and so I thought this would be a great week to kind of revisit our communication plan and how we communicate with each other, because I feel like we've been doing a really great job. Um, I know that some people that I've talked to haven't been doing as great of a job, so I thought this would be a good time to kind of revisit some of the things that have worked and some of the things that we could be doing better. And I think for you and I, one of the things that over time we've learned from each other is we've developed a lot of skills and knowledge of our own personalities to kind of help us be able to communicate with each other better. And I, I'm assuming a lot of married couples probably do that, you know, be it on purpose or just, you know, naturally, I think, you know, you learn your wife's traits of what's going to tick her off and what's not and vice versa. Um, you and I kind of had a different approach to it, uh, par partially because, you know, I, I was and you both, we both took a lot of communication classes while in college. And then when we got out of college and started working in the business together, we learned a lot about um, some personality traits and profile testing that we could do to teach ourselves a little bit about how we are. Yeah, I think it's funny because I always go back to a lot of the things that I learned in intro to communications my freshman year of college. I think that that was a really valuable class because a lot of times I go back and go, oh, we talked about that back then. Oh, I'm glad I took that class. Uh, one of the things that when I came into our business, we did early on was we did some personality profiling. We we There are a lot of different ones out there, but we use the DISC personality profile and um, – when you when you came into the business, that was one of the first things we did. Are you going to be a good fit for the personality mix that we have? Um, and with the personality profiles like the DISC, you have a D, an I, an S, and a C. And each one of those personalities where you are dominant, you communicate differently. And you need to be communicated to differently. Uh, as we were getting ready for tonight and we were talking about what we're going to do, I said, Craig, I'm a C. I can't just talk off off the fly like that. Right. Did you uh, did you pick? Do you think you picked the disc profile test because the creator of Wonder Woman was also the creator of the disc profile test? Well, that, I wish I had known that. That might have influenced my decision. <laughs> we when I 
came into the business, we were in a mastermind group and that was the program that that particular group used. Um, so that's the one we've kind of stuck with because I understand the mechanics of that the best. So those of you that are unfamiliar with the DISC test, what it is, is, is it's just your, if you've taken a personality test before, they're all very, very similar in the questions that they ask and everything. But again, it's it's a, it's a series of questions. It usually takes like whatever, five minutes to, to answer those questions. And then it gives you sort of a, an idea idea of where you fall on this chart between the D, the I, the S, the C. The D is for dominance, the I is for influence, S is steadiness, and C is conscientious. And so it's it's a way for you to kind of get a feeling, and we did it with ourselves, to get a feeling of, okay, where do we fall and how do we best communicate with those people? And most of the time when you see the test, I know that um, if you go to Tony Robbins' website, there's a free uh, DISC assessment that you can take on there. If you just Google it, uh, DISC assessment, D-I-S-C assessment, there's a lot of places where you can take it. And the DISC um, for you and I uh, is completely different. We're totally different people. Which is great for what we do, though. You are a high eye. You are a people person. You are a people pleaser. You are optimistic, um, which is great because you do the majority of the sales in our company. You manage our sales team. You are the people person. I am a high C, which is a much more analytical, detailed oriented. I always tell our team, I'm a checklist person. I want bullet points. Don't come to me with half an idea. Um, and it takes me a very long time to make decisions. Right. And so early on when we were in our 20s, um, we took those tests. We kind of took to heart those things. And sometimes we wear them too much as a badge. You know, there are personal disc scarlet letters. Is that what they are? Um, and so, but it also helped us for, for me, especially, and I'm probably for you as well to be able to communicate with each other in just everyday situations. Like I know I can't come to you with half an idea and say, Hey, let's do a podcast. Uh, you know, and you want details. You want to know what details, you know, what is what is entailed in doing this? I think that when you're interacting with anybody, it's whether you can give them a, a profile analysis or not, um, it's good to understand where they're coming from and the best way to communicate with them. We have people on our team who need to talk face-to-face. -face. We have people on our team who prefer an email. We have people on our team who I have to text. There are people who I have to call knowing the best way to reach somebody and to get them to understand you means that you're not banging your head against the wall. And is that is that always the communication style with people? Is that always based on their disc profile or is it sometimes generational? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that our young our 20s and 30 year olds are much more willing to receive a text than say our 50 or 60 year olds. I think that we've all kind of grasped technology, but I think that you're comfortable with the way you grow up. I find that, I do find that like the clients and their 60s or 70s want a phone call. They don't want to get text messages. Right. Um, not, that's not everybody, clearly. There's always some that, you know, interact differently. Um, but I think that if you 
are aware of how people prefer to be communicated to, it's easier to communicate with them. You know, if somebody is a high D, which is a dominant personality, you can't kind of soft pedal, you can't tiptoe around them. You got to come at them and be like, this is what I need. This is how I need it. But if I came to an, somebody whose personality is more of an S as a stabilizer and talk to them that same way, they would shut down. So it's a way of finding out how you how to best communicate with somebody so that you can approach them and that you seem approachable. And from a business aspect of it, you know, for, so for us personally, we've figured it out and we've put these practices into place, you know, for years. But from a business aspect of it with team, it's it's much more difficult to manage because you have, you know, for us, we have nearly 20 employees. And so now you have every single personality profile and you have to deal with every single person in a different way. What are some best practices that, you know, you have used to help help people understand their disc and how if they understand their disc, how it helps them receive information better. So what we do is everybody who gets through to the second or third interview gets the the profile. So and we give them a little packet that explains all the different personality traits and explain to them whether you come to work for us or not. It's great to know. Um, and then we have done some team meetings where we could go through and we talk about, okay, everyone knows what everybody else's profile is and you know just by working with with each other here are some ways to communicate with those people because i think especially in our industry people get their feelings hurt easily if you're not communicated to correctly so um we kind of try to regularly touch base on some of those some of those ticks tips and tricks. Yeah, I think that, you know, we go through these phases, or at least I feel like as I watch it, we go through these phases where we start to see things break down more between our team and they're not communicating well. And we start to see more problems arise and we get those, you know, calls or texts all so-and-so said such and such and and those kind of things start to happen. And I feel like those are the times where we go, okay, it's time to sit down and do a review of the disc profile. It's time to watch a video that we found on YouTube about the profile and interacting with people in certain profiles. I think very rarely people intend to come across as malicious or rude or fresh or hurtful. I think that when you get different, the way, because people communicate differently, the it comes across sometimes as being either too weak or too aggressive. And most people, when you confront them and say, they say, oh, I never intended it to come across that way. But we have to remember that how we come across is important how because words matter um and so one of the things that we talk about is is we start every day with what's your plan you know we at home at the beginning of the week we go over our week our weekly schedule so that we're on the same page so that we have clear expectations if we're not if I'm not communicating clear expectations to you at home or we're not communicating clear expectations at work, people are going to get frustrated. And so the goal in communication is to be clear. Well, and I think a lot of people, especially our friends, I think a lot of our people look at us and they think, God, we're like, those two are so intense. Like I th- people see us as super intense people. And maybe we are, but you know, I, f- we, I think what we have learned that for us and for our family, our, our two boys and ourselves, um, that 
you know, our best practice is, okay, Sunday night, you know, we, we, we look at the whole week schedule and we have a little whiteboard. It's actually not a huge, it's not like we're one of those people who have like everything written down on a chalk wall. We have a little white. It's just the week ahead. Just the week ahead. And it's just like the bullet points, like just the big things, this appointment, this doctor's appointment, this meeting, you know, this after school activity, um, this day, you know, you and I have a tendency some days I'm late from work. Some days you're late for work for meetings or other things. And so we write down those kind of things on that board. We try, definitely try to not overlap who's going to be late so that somebody is, so that we're always home. One of us is always home with the boys. And I think two things. One is, is that, you know, all of that stuff is also in our Google calendars and in all of our other, you know, devices that we have that we carry around with us. So like I see your calendar on Google, you see my calendar. But the problem with that is, is one, it's digital. Um, and so you don't um, process, you don't take in that information as well when it's digital. Um, and two is, is we don't build it together. So like I'll put a, uh, an appointment on my calendar, or you'll put a, a doctor's appointment for one of our sons on, y- on your calendar, or both of our calendars, but it's not communicated between us. We don't sit down. So that Sunday, when we sit down and we write out that whole calendar, it helps us, you know, form in our memories, you know, what, it's happening this week and it makes it more solid and tangible. Um, the other thing we do as well is we start off every morning, um, kind of just doing a quick, you know, TikTok of what the day is going to be. This is where I'm going. This is where I'll be. This is when I expect to be home, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that tends to, for you and I help us on a daily basis, just remind us of those things and continue to, uh, to not fall off track, I guess. Yeah, because I'll forget from today to tomorrow what you said you were doing. So. Right, exactly. And, Am but, I making dinner tonight? Are you making dinner tonight? And But those things are what help, you know, communicating those things daily and saying what we're doing um, is kind of what helps um, at least knock down any of those surprises that may come up and affect us, you know, make you mad at me because he didn't tell me I, he had to work late tonight or had an appointment at 630 or she didn't tell me that she had a networking meeting tonight and was going to be late. Now I have to deal with the kids, you know, so it's like it helps, you know, if we go into it knowing what the expectation is, um, it, it helps everybody at the end not have so much strife and anger towards each other. Dave Ramsey always says to be unclear is to be unkind. And we want to be kind to our partners and the people in our lives. We're going to talk a lot about Dave Ramsey in this podcast, probably a uh, big part of, of our, of, you know, our growth as, uh, as business people and as personally. Um, but going back to communicating f- from taking those things that we do and on a personal level and moving them to the team, how, how do we, um, kind of put that out for our team every day. What do we do for them um, to help them, you know, communicate to them their our expectations for them for the day? So with our office team, we meet either in person or through our online messaging program, Telegram, every morning. And we all we all list out what are our top three goals for the day. Um, what are the top three things on my to-do list that absolutely has to be done today? Uh, we do it in person. We stand up. It's no more than five or 10 minutes. And we share it for everybody because if we say it, we're committed to doing it. And then other people can check on up on us. Right. And it helps us, one, it helps us... Um give direction to our, our, you know, see the direction and give direction to our employees. 
Um, and two, I think it helps our employees better understand what our expectations are for them for the day. So that if we get up in the middle of the day and come out from our office and folks, here's a little side tidbit. We'll probably talk about more later. Allison and I share an office together at work. We sit five feet apart from each other in our office. So we have, uh, we're, we're around each other all the time. But if one of us gets up from our office and sees employee X talking to employee Y about something that wasn't one of those topics, it allows us to say, okay, hey, what about this item that you said you were going to get done today? So, um, and for them, it'll, it, they know that conversation will happen. This accountability, they know that we're going to, that somebody is going to check back up on them and say, hey, how are you doing? What's the progress? What do you need from me? How can I serve you to help get this done? And from a ownership aspect, from the owners, you know, it used to be that we didn't do that. And then we would be so mad when they didn't get anything done that day. Or you'd say, hey, what about this project you're supposed to have finished up? And they'd be like, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Like now we, it sets those expectations better. So we're seeing more productivity out of them. And we, they know what, you know, they know what the expectation is at the end of the day. It's us holding ourselves and everybody else more accountable just because we're having the conversation. Right. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's sort of the idea is to set those expectations um, before at home we get mad at each other for not doing something or at work for not getting mad at one of our employees for not doing something. Um, and so setting those expectations all the time um, is what is what's helped us, at least on a personal level, um, you know, work together better um, here, here at home. So you had mentioned that we do share an office at uh, an office and in, in our office space. Um, partially, we started doing that because when the kids were little, we brought them to the office and it was easy to share a space. Um, now it's easy because we can shut the door and have owner conversations when we need to. So how do you, when we're, because we're in the same space, it's easy to get sidetracked and have conversations. Um, we don't face each other. Um, my back is actually to you. So how do you manage when you're working along and things come up and you and we need to talk to each other, but you don't want to derail what the other person is doing? Yeah, and it's hard because, uh, you know, uh, being an eye on the disc profile, I'm a real like, ooh, squirrel kind of person, you know? Like, so it's easy for me um, if I have a task that I'm trying to complete, it's easy for me to get sidetracked by a conversation I hear or something else that might come up. Things that I've started doing that I've, and, I, and for me, it, it continually evolves. I put headphones on, I listen to music, I try to, you know, put myself into a tunnel of, or I listen to, sometimes I listen to books or talk, sports talk radio, um, to put myself in a tunnel that is not, you know, able to hear some of those outside, outside things. It's it's funny you talk about, you know, us being in an office space together, Um because we've really built this, the, the physical space of it. We've really built it so it is sort of your side and my side. Like we could put an imaginary line down the middle of the room. Well, not the middle. I'm probably more than the middle. You're probably a third and I'm two thirds of that space. But you could put an imaginary line down it and everything for you is on one side and everything for me is on, on the other side. And I even feel like our employees treat it that way when they come into our office because we have an open door policy. Our, our couch is kind of the dividing line. Our, yeah, our couch is kind of dividing line. So if they sit on one side of the couch, they're going to talk to you. If they sit on the other side of the couch, 
they're going to talk to me. Um, I, uh, I feel like, you know, for me, that's, that's what I try to do. Um, I'm, I, I get distracted so easily that I have to, I have to, you know, sound block and sort of tunnel vision my stuff. I mean, that was even the reason I have a very large 28 inch computer monitor that kind of blocks my vision between me and the doorway just so I don't see, I'm not distracted by all of that. What about for you though? So I keep a word document open on my computer and anytime I start to ask you a question when we're doing in our quiet time, I type it down. I type it into the, into the list and I kind of have that for you and for our, one of our assistants because I could be asking her questions all day long and I try not to distract either of you until so I kind of do is wait until I have a bunch of questions and then I'll say hey I have a bunch of things I need to go over with you when's a good time so we either put it on the calendar for later in the day or you know wait till you're in kind of a lull period so that it's not constant like stopping what other people are doing so that I can ask questions. And it just makes it a little bit more respectful of everybody's time and um, doesn't get people derailed. And then that way we can have a separate time where we're take five or 10 minutes, go over all the questions. It's, you know, phones, emails down. We can really focus on what we're talking about. Talk to me a little bit about what are some things that you think are the hardest things to do in, in communicating. Um, you know, we haven't talked about, and I'm sure it's its own episode all in itself, but we haven't talked about conflict at all and about having, you know, those crucial conversations. Um, that's what I find very difficult. And I'm assuming a lot of people find difficult, you know, trying to, um, confront somebody, be it with ourselves or with an employee about a conversation that may or may not have the outcome that you you want it to have. Yeah, I think that that's probably both of our weak spots because we're not D's and we're not aggressive in the fact that we just want to go confront people. Um, I think that we've gotten a lot better at it where because I'm a C, I try to jot down all of the things we want to hit and talk about and um, try trying to have those conversations as soon as something comes up. Um, I think that in the past we've waited too long to have some of those face-to-faces and we've been really working on trying to hit concerns when they're small before they get to be big Um, and trying to hit, you know, setting expectations before we get mad or frustrated. Uh, One of the things that I started, we started doing early on in our home life was um, we split all, we split the responsibilities of the house. Just because it's a house, it's not my responsibility. So Craig does the cooking. I do the dishes. I do the laundry. He does other things. So we kind of split those. Um, But he's responsible. I'll wash the clothes, but he's responsible for putting his own stuff away. So early on, um, somebody had said to me, um, don't just get mad and yell because the laundry basket has been sitting there. So if I do laundry and I bring it up and I put mine away and your laundry basket is sitting there with things to put away, I'll wait a couple of days and then I'll say to you, if that laundry is still there by Wednesday, I'm going to be mad. So that sets a clear expectation that, okay, you you now know that I'm expecting it to be put away. We have agreed or I have told you that this is the the deadline. And after that point, if you ha- if we haven't, resolved it, then I'm going to be mad. Well, I think what we are 
are good at, and I think that what we understand, and that's very important in a marriage, is that you're not a mind reader. I'm not a mind reader. So as much as we know each other very, very well, and we know we know what I can, we can finish each other's sentences. <laughs> um, but as much as we know each other very well and understand facial expressions and what makes you mad and what doesn't make you mad, we're still not mind readers all the time. And and especially after you've been with somebody for 20 years and been around them, you know, you, you sometimes you let your guard down and you, you are more you're less attentive in those moment to moment times. And so I think that what communicating like that has done has allowed us to be able to say, okay, if you, if you don't do this by X, I'm going to be mad or I'm, I'll be upset if you don't, you know? So, um, having that communication and accepting that communication. So the other side of it is, you know, for me to not get mad and not be hurt or not be offended when you say that to me, for me to understand, Hey, yeah, I have left that laundry basket there for three days with clothes in it. I need to put it away. Um, so, you know, those are the, the, the things you have to be self-aware about when communicating with each other. Well, and from, and from my perspective or just because it's important to me, and because it's irritating me doesn't mean it's important to the other person or irritating the other person. We've gotten to the point where we do it in our team meetings too. Like if something is, an action item is on the list week after week, you know, I'm getting to the point where I say, okay, if we discuss this again next week, I'm going to be mad. And that I found that that has been the most effective way to get it off of the talk, the table, because everyone understands that if we get to next week, I've given a plenty of chances like this is past due, you know, we, we like there's no reason. And now the grace is over. Right. So, again, it's it's setting those expectations and communicating, communicating those expectations and being able to, you know, say them and being organized about them. Everybody, thank you so much for listening this week. We appreciate it. Uh, please feel free to contact us. Find us on Facebook. It's Married With A Business. Um, you can also find us on other places and you can Google us. You can listen to us and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and tune in and many other places. We appreciate you listening. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.